Ninjo, we got the goods. This is your host, Craftswarf, here with MathWiz yet again for more fucking bleach. <laughs> more bleach. And, and uh, you all were wrong, all of you who said that Fullbring was, was bad, that we'd hate it. Uh, nice try. Yeah. It, what, what do you know, uh, Bleach fans? Or, no, not even Bleach fans. Bleach haters are wrong. What do you know? It's like, <laughs> Fullbring arc was good. The next arc's probably going to be good, too. Like, I'm still worried for the ending. Because it ends in a way, you know, Kubo didn't initially plan for. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how I feel about that when we get to it. But I've heard some good things about the arc, too. Um, not from the comment section, unfortunately. Um, there was a few, like, some people trying to link us analysis. I should have specified that I wanted, like, the good, like, why Bleach is good. Not the, you know, 100th video on why Bleach got worse over time when it didn't. Because it's still good. <laughs> If you don't, I don't like, I don't know, if you don't like it, that's fine. Maybe you didn't like Bleach in the first, like, I had someone saying that the, uh, the final gets to go is an ass pull against Aizen, but it's like, I thought about it, it's like, that's the same shit he did against Kenpachi. He trained with himself. It's literally the same thing. In fact, it's even weirder in, with Kenpachi because he did it in, like, a few minutes, but, in, you know, so in, against Aizen, he, needed, he he was in the time chamber for a bit, so it's like, okay, you could say it's a bit contrived, even though there, that was already established that time fuckery was about back way back in souls like <laughs> every all this happened in soul society like what what's what what puts soul society above the what puts soul society above like the Arankar arc specifically like it was good but i'm i'm just like like what was so great about it that every that the Arankar arc is a good like soul society makes is a setup Arankar arc is the payoff i'd imagine it's maybe it's just that people like maybe people just didn't pick up on this as much or didn't care about it as much back in soul society and now it's more just like reader fratigue like okay this has happened again and again yeah, and then i guess they're just like not retroactively well, applying I, that to soul society the, well because it's like people say like oh so our car stuff is just soul society again but it's like they're exploring different thematic ideas so it's like and or different avenues of ichigo's character like you don't have fucking him going uh vasto lorde in Soul Society, that was a fucking amazing moment, and a good exploration of Ichigo's character. Instead, you get people saying that Ichigo's a shit one-dimensional character, and it's like, no, he, he doesn't have a goal. He, he's worse than Naruto and Luffy. He does have a goal. His character gets explored in ways that are thematically resonant. His character, in, in this arc too, in the Fullbring arc, he gets more exploration, and it's good and interesting, and I liked it. Like, I, you know, if you're... Like, uh, Ishida gets a bit more focused this arc. Um, Chad, not so much. Like, because there was the one person who said, like, oh, all the four characters get a get an arc. Or all the main characters kind of get an arc. Um, but then it's, like, Chad kind of... Like, if I didn't know that, like, I wouldn't have ever said that this was Chad's arc. Like, we learn how he got his powers, but, like, he has even less moments in this arc than he did in the previous arcs. Like, he did more in Arnkar arc than he did in this one, honestly. So. This is where I kind of want to ask, uh... Because, like, now I'm just in skeptic mode where anything that people suggest, I'm like, if I don't have a source, then it's just a rumor. Uh, but the oh, thing about, yeah. like, the, the Arankar arc being lengthened and the Fullbring arc being shortened because of, you know, popularity and backlash, uh, is there See, a source for this? Because yeah, I, I want to know too. because... Well, cause, especially because the Fullbring arc, I felt like it was, like, the perfect length. Like, I don't see how length... Like, all the characters that were introduced got fights. Like, no, like again, it's like... Chad didn't do anything, but was he supposed to beyond yeah, what he see, did? Yeah, see, like, like, I yeah, felt it's, it's... like there were certain little moments that just happened, like, 
there would be the, this one confrontation that happens, and then we get a flashback to it later where a thing happens with this character. I'm like, was you know, if if this supposedly was shortened, was this kind of added in to speed things up? Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, I'm not sure. So like, but, I could um, see potential there, but it's nothing that's like, cause yeah, everything does wrap up pretty well. It doesn't feel like oh, there's this one plot thread that just got ignored because it had to end quicker or something. So it does all yeah, work yeah, out in the like end. It just was, feels it's, like it's, there. Yeah. I feel like there could be more meat to this arc, but you know, again, after the massive Arankar arc that I think took it took like years in publication. This one, it, it which, was remember it was more chapters than the the Shinobi War. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, having this, this is what I had been talking about with Bleach that there weren't enough like tiny little arcs to break things up to kind of. Uh, when I said like the pacing felt exhausting is because it's just these big stretches of fights and, and it's a giant arc having these tiny little ones while I won't say entirely necessary it does help to sort of break things up a little bit so this was a nice um a nice yeah, pit well, we stop got, like, before a one the big ni- yes like a little complete story in between two fucking massive mammoths yeah um so yeah that's fair um cause yeah we haven't seen it, uh, like um anything like that since the first arc of bleach the the original substitute soul reaper so this is the lost agent so um anyway as for comments like most of them were just talking about the full brain arc for some reason so i just ignored them um and then just more blanket complaints that i don't really agree with anymore um so but but i did so we we did get some analysis especially on curious cat for me like there was i got i got like a follower or two on twitter who like who are they're, they're fucking good at analyzing bleach because they've they've given us some mind-blowing shit or and they also have some sources like there was one link to a reddit post which is definitely the most interesting bleach analysis i've read yet it's basically applying it's basically how um kuva deliberately used uh, nietzschean um ideals to, when uh, constructing aizen's character and uh the idea of questioning everything the uh, the ubermensch um it's like three thousand words almost it was a Good read, really good read. There, was, um, my my favorite part about it was that like how the whole thing is like Aizen didn't understand Ichigo, and the writer of the post didn't understand Ichigo either, so he just kind of glosses over it. <laughs> and I thought it was perfect because this guy like he has an understanding of Aizen, but he doesn't understand Ichigo. Just like uh, Aizen didn't understand Ichigo, it was it was a uh, funny. So it's like I feel like there are you know there are good ideas there, but they need. Uh, like, cause I already figured out I, Ichigo's deal, so it's, I just thought it was funny. Uh, so, but it's like you know, these analyses could be mixed, but with other ones, and I still, cause there's that, still that paper I haven't read on the Buddhist uh, uh, symbolism. So, and you learned some things about Gein, didn't you? Oh yes. Yeah. So after the last episode, I had my big tirade about, oh no, Gein is too simple of a character, and I might not like him as much anymore. Uh, well, I mean. This is where, like, I remember back when I had made my thematic breakdown video with Sasuke and Karapika, I had said that, oh, Sasuke starts off as a simplistic character, but then he gets more complicated later on, and that's why he's cool. Um, I feel like Gein is a better example of a more simplistic character, because his goal was just to kind of avenge uh, Rangi, or, yeah, yeah. Matsumoto, yeah. Yeah, Matsumoto, R- that's the name. Yeah. Rangiku, I prefer, eh, whatever. I think, I, I, but, I just say Matsumoto. But yeah, so like, the thing with his character was that he was, like, he's simplistic in that he was so devoted to, you know, like, he took it, he went and acted out in this way that he didn't 
ever really need to do. Like, he didn't have to confront Aizen, because, like, if he had just waited, Ichigo would have shown up and taken care of him, but he, Gin was all like, no, I have to avenge Matsumoto. I have to do this thing. You know, I have to be... You know, somebody had said, like, if Gin was, all, was only doing it for Matsumoto, he was the ultimate white knight. And, I mean, he was wearing the white cloak, so I suppose it's fitting. But, yeah, he was so yeah. obsessed with his revenge on Aizen that, like, he had spent all this time trying to do this one thing, but, I like, last time I was talking about, like, the parallels between, or potential parallels between Tosin and Gein. How yes, that's what I both... thought was interesting, because they both failed in the same way. They both got close to the side that they were, you know, going to act out their vengeance on, and that's kind of what brought their downfall. You know, Aizen understood Gin, and so Gin failed. Uh, Tosin's former subordinates understood him, and so Tosin failed. So yeah, that that was it. That's what I thought was found was interesting. And uh, then I guess the rest of the game and the fucking poems. Yeah, the poems. That, like, this whole time I thought that they were just there as like an aesthetic thing to look cool on the volumes, but they, I I didn't even consider that like they'd be connected to the characters. So yes, I'm dumb. Yes, some of the some of the questions had some analyses of the poems. Especially the one that I found the most interesting was um, there's one because the poems generally relate to the character on the cover, and the one um, there was like a Gein volume and a Matsumoto volume right next to each other during the final stretch, and the poems can apply to actually both characters. So because they're connected, so and I was like, that's interesting. Oh, I, like he's he set up this thing of the poems, and then he meaningfully subverted it with by swapping the poems basically for the two characters that are connected and it's like that's interesting and um look at just go through the curious cat stuff there's some good there's there's some good analysis in there um so it's definitely worth a read um but then i guess like the difference on, between what, the difference on. between tosin and gein was that tosin was more about this kind of abstract idea of of justice he wasn't necessarily targeting a specific person but he was targeting like an ideal um mm -hmm. like a more uh, what's the word i'm looking for like a societal thing a systemic uh yeah yeah yes whereas gein his you know the sole focus of his revenge was aizen and he like dedicated his entire life because you know aizen killed him he's not coming back unfortunately and that makes me sad no. but <laughs> but um so gein I, you know, you could argue that there's something Kubo's trying to say about revenge through these two characters, that, you know, they both dedicated their lives to the pursuit of this thing. For Tosin, it was more systemic. For Gein, it was more uh, more of an individual he was targeting. He was so devoted to Matsumoto, to trying to accomplish this thing himself, and, you know, it ends up getting both of them killed. I like how we had the speculation of, like, Tosin explodes into a pile of blood. But he might be okay. <laughs> he might be okay. Because this is bleach. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they could, Maybe he comes back. I have no I'm, idea. I, 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 I'm kind of doubting it now that you mention it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because that's the thing about the, uh, the, the oh, uh, no one dies in bleach thing. I don't know where that came from. I have no idea. Like, only things I can think of are, like, Renji and Ganju back in Soul Society, where they got really fucked up, but they're okay. But then it's like, once you accept the character's durability, like, there's no... Like, who's come back that we thought was dead? Like, 
No one in Arankar saw like the whole saga. So, hmm, it's only Soul Society, the beloved Soul Society that has the fake deaths. Hmm, I guess maybe it's not so great after all. But I, <laughs> even then, I thought those were fine. So it's like, whatever. Um, I just don't know where this meme came from, considering, like, yeah, I'm, I have no reason to think these characters aren't dead. Uh, the, all the... The Espada, the you know, uh, Gi and Tosin, like yeah, they're they're dead. And what I what I do think was oh. interesting that I was I didn't really talk about last time, but I guess why I thought maybe they weren't dead was because I think of you know Shonen Jump, maybe not all of Shonen Jump, but at least the stories I've read like Naruto or uh, Hunter Hunter, these things where like they tend to well, I guess Hunter Hunter not entirely because there are some minor deaths that happen throughout, but like when a significant character dies, usually there's like it's very extravagant like when they go out like you've got to have their final words like yes. even with naruto you had like uh asuma you had jiraiya like they all get the a big focus like even if it's a more minor character like asuma like they get their moment like they're dying you know they're dying here are their last words etc cetera, etc cetera. with tosin like he just kind of explodes and he's done like it just happens <laughs> yeah, and right. they don't dwell on it with Gein, it it just happens like he gets his sort of final moments where you know, with Matsumoto. His was but... a bit more dramatic. Like, well, he, and he saw Ichigo coming in. Yeah, so. and he saw Ichigo. Um, but even then, it's not like after the fact, after the battle is over, we really dwell on it. Like, you did get a bit with Matsumoto. They were talking about it briefly, yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I could talk for forever about Gein now, which is, I'm going <laughs> to just save that for my own video that See, I, that's the thing, I'm like, more we, confident about making we, it now because We both now have, like, videos. That, well, you have the Gein one. I have, um, I might talk about Ichigo and Aizen. Um, I might, I, I, I just don't want to talk about the themes of grief over, over the whole series. Um, I don't know. No one gave me a real, uh, like Okiora analysis that really go like when it's like the sin aspect of it, um, that I was talking about earlier. And I, I think I, maybe I did get one other perspective, but I forgot. So I might want to dig into that one myself. And then, and then the, the whole fucking Nietzsche and Ubermensch thing I realized can be applied to Naruto and One Piece too. So that's really fucking interesting. So I need to do some research on that. And um, I guess one less that's less general towards Bleach is I wanted to, the I want to do a video on long running shonen and ha basically story structure and long running series and how complaining about pacing is dumb. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So it's like oh yeah, we're <laughs> the Nin Show has been a great success as far as inspiring content. Um, yes, because we and we, we in case you didn't know we put up our. You put up your talk no jutsu video, and I put up my Sasuke analysis video. Uh, if you're sub to both of us, you you would have seen both the thumbnails in your box. So um, go listen to those if you haven't. And also speaking of, um, I guess inspired content, um, Cherry Boy Writer and Hunter Hunter 2011 Dick Writing Association started a podcast uh, called the Shonen Ronin Podcast, which is basically they they a while before they added us on Twitter. Because they, they, I guess they, they had it, the thought in mind to do it, um, and it's I guess inspired from the Nen show. Um, I haven't listened to it yet because I only just caught up to the Madaka Box chapter. They're they're doing it on Madaka Box right now, and I only just uh, caught up to chapter fifty five. So I'll probably listen to it within a couple of days. Um, I'll link it in the description. Um, so go check that out, especially if you've read Madaka Box. Um, just thought I'd mention it. Um, and I think that's all the extra stuff. Um, cause yeah, no specific comments, just cause it, they're, uh, they felt a, a bit samey after a while. So you're about ready to get into the discussion. Finally, I forgot what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, full bring. <laughs> yes, okay. So yeah, um, like right off the bat, I like the, the, the two page spread where it, the callback to the first one, um, where, but now everyone's facing away from Ichigo because, you know, Ichigo is no longer 
even able to see ghosts. He's no longer in that world. So I thought, you know, it was just a good way to like, I, I just like how the cover page reflects that. So, and it's a, it's a nice callback. Um, but yeah, Ichigo is back doing normal things. There's been a time skip of a year and a half and everything's normal for Ichigo. But like, I kind of like how like, like Ishida is like, I got to go to the nurse's office. And he just runs off to go do some hollow hunting. And it's like, like every, you know, everyone knows it's happening, but you know, Ichigo's not able to do anything. So, um, well, they even like, I think they flash back to a moment where he, um, like he, 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 he's like, oh yeah, in the past he didn't want to do the Soul Reaper stuff, but now he's gotten like, so, but now you have that sort of like conflict in his, in what he wants, you know, he previously didn't want to be a Soul Reaper and he has that, but now he doesn't have the power to protect the ones he cares about. So there's a bit of a, a conflict there. And as we find out, he's, he, he more, he wants to protect people more than he doesn't want to be a soul reaper. So when, when the opportunity comes, he snatches it up. So yeah. Um, trying to think, did you have anything else to say about the early stuff? Um, I, we, I'm just thinking of all the different, like the character redesigns that start popping oh, up. Yes, Cause the there redesigns. was a time skip and Kubo is going to make sure, you know, there was a time skip. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the thing is like, we, the, I think we talked about it with Naruto having too, is like the redesigns, like, you know, Ichigo looks a little different. Like, um, uh, Totsuki's got longer hair. Um, <laughs> the one, uh, fuck, I forget his name. Uh, the playboy kid, he got tall. Um, it looks like, I think that's him. Yeah. Um, the girls, uh, his sisters, they got big. Um, everyone got bigger. Oh yeah, Chad got fucking facial hair. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, no, not not totally unexpected, but yeah. Oh yeah, so we, we also find out that Ichigo got a job. Like, well, <laughs> he's like selling out his physical skills to like different clubs. Like he'll play for, with them for a week or something like that, which is silly. But, um, but yeah, he, um, oh... <laughs> I love this, uh, they were fighting a bunch of, like, gang dudes, and I love this one title page where they punched yes. the fat guy, and the teeth had the numbers of the fucking chapter on it, and their sleeves had the bleach, like, Kubo's title, like, he's, he has some really cool, like, title pages. Yeah, um, I could, I like could really, remember, I'm not sure or, if he had started doing this before this arc, but this arc in particular, like, he was, he, there were a lot of title pages where he was trying to, like, blended into like yeah, the set design quite th or into the, yes into the what's happening like it's a page of the manga and a title page at the same time which is really <laughs> it's cool like he's had some cool looking ones before but i don't think he's tried to incorporate them into the the story like this because i've actually never seen that like i've seen cover uh stories like um hunter had hunter had a really brief one with um kilua's uh the the otaku brother uh Il uh, Aluki, Iluki, um, where he was just sort of dicking around in York New for a bit during that arc. There was just a cover, co cover, a couple of cover pages of him just doing stuff. And One Piece will have full-blown cover page arcs where it's like for like 20, 30 chapters, each page will be a panel of some former antagonists or former characters doing something on some island after their arc has concluded, kind of. And those arcs will eventually come back, like the characters from who, who did things on the cover arcs will come into the actual story later. But this is like incorporating the cover page into the manga. And uh, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and especially this first one with the, with the teeth, because the, having the numbers on the teeth is just a really fun way to uh, um, introduce the chapter. It's, it's good. <laughs> now, I, I did oh, yeah, like get, this stretch of the this early portion of the story, because 
you know, I've said this before that like if Kubo just didn't do an action story and he just wanted to draw some more like down to earth, just you know, like a comedy or something sort of antics, I wouldn't mind it because he's got a like. There yeah, is Kubo this can do comedy, yeah. Yeah, like there's there's stuff going on here that really reminiscent of that uh, the very first you know series of mini arcs that kicked off the story and yes, that, it's a lot a lot of fun antics, a lot of. A lot of goofy stuff going on. There's this one part where Orihime jumps out of a window and just slides down. <laughs> this... In a fucking dark. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But, yeah, so, like, I don't know. Like, people, I guess there were some comments that, like, oh, this arc wasn't very popular because it wasn't very Bleach. But I'm not, you know, I wasn't I mean... super into the Bleach format. <laughs> at, like, I had, I've said previously that it was getting kind of tiring, so... Like, I don't have a problem well, with this a, at all. Actually, in one of the analysis, it's the one uh, marked uh, themes. At the end of it, he even, uh, the because that, I realized after, at the end, it's actually direct, dire- directed towards me, because um, it was sent to me through Curious Cat. And at the end of it, he says, um, like, oh, Math Wiz is probably going to like Fullbring Arc because it's not very bleach. And you literally just said that. <laughs> <laughs> or, um,. Yeah, it's because he 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 literally says it's the le- full bring is the least bleach like arc in the series, so Mathos is probably gonna like it. And then you literally just said that, so I'm like, yeah. He, but I mean, he, this like, guy was this anonymous uh, like, guy to was a, on the to nose. a degree. I understand that it's not all that bleach, but at the same time, like, it's not not bleach. Like, right? Well, it's like it's as I said, it was like you were saying. It's got the comedy elements from early bleach, which you also had back. Well, maybe not the comedy elements, but just this the slice of lifey stuff. Back from the uh, Arncar incursion uh, section of the Huacamundo stuff. The, yeah. Um, so it's not like yeah, it's it's, but that's the whole point. It's like back to you know each goes back to normal basically. So. Yeah, because I, I guess like the thing is just like oh, there's no real soul society involvement at this point, and well, I which mean, makes I... sense. Ichigo can't see ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. I hate to use words like this, but at this point, I'm thinking that the, all the Soul Society elements are a little overrated. <laughs> Not that that oh, word man. actually means much. Overrated, underrated, they don't really mean anything. Yeah, no. But like, uh, yeah, I don't. I personally don't care for using the terms just because. Like, what does it even mean? Like, like because it's all in perspective. Like, if I liked Soul Society, then I wouldn't say it's overrated because I agree. But then. It just means I disagree with what I perceive to be the pub- the popular opinion, and it's like so. I, I just why use a word that is is has such a context specific meaning. Uh, so that's why I personally don't use. It. But I, I I do understand the sentiment. I just don't use the word personally. But um, so anyway, um, we get introduced to Ginjo, who is a big important character this arc. And well, I love it's not his introduction. It's the next time he shows up where he comes into Ichigo's workplace. <laughs> And he's like, how about some ramen? And Ichigo's like, no need, we're an eel shop. And the yeah. boss is like, no, we're not. And it's just like, it's framed so seriously. Like, the expressions, like, there's something dramatic. Like, the two big panels, it's all dramatic. But the dialogue is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and I fucking love it. <laughs> it was good. Like, See, like he just looks so sinister, but he's like, ramen? And Ichigo's so, like, he's, like, intense. And he's like, no, we're an eel shop. And <laughs> What were you going to say? Well, I mean, um, this is one of those instances where, like, I don't know. Like, with Naruto, there weren't very many translators' notes to kind of hint in at, like, why some jokes oh, yeah. worked. But, like, here, like, if if we don't get the note saying that, like, this 
name means uh, yeah, eel shop, yeah. and that wouldn't have worked. So, like, yes, thank you, it, Viz. I happen to know. Well, actually, I um, I, I didn't. I knew unagi was eel, but um, I forgot that ya, uh, like a panya, pan is bread, and ya would be shop. So panya would be bread shop. And so it's unagi, unagi ya. So yeah, but the uh, the note helps because I, I I knew part of the joke, so I got the full thing thanks to the note. Um, but um, yeah, and, and I mean at least if you were listen, watching the anime, you might have been able to catch it in the dialogue. Um, yeah, with the you would, but uh, you, even then, um, I don't know how like because I can hear words because because I, I recognize I Japanese syllables. I don't know how much people hear like I like I could. If I heard someone say a sentence, I could probably write out that sentence in, but I wouldn't be able to translate it without the subtitles. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> so anyway, after that we get a bit. I like. There's a scene with uh, Ishida, Ishida and Orihime, and well, I love the little bit where um, I, um, Orihime is like, what he was hanging out with a weirdo, and Ishida's like, well, everyone he hangs out to is weird to some degree, and or, there's just this one panel of Orihime, like, all close to him, it's like something clicks, that you could just see the gears ticking in her brain, where she's just like, oh, I'm a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> she's... Orihime was cute, this stretch of chapters. Yeah, this was, this was um, a good Orihime stretch, even though, like, her role wasn't super significant, but hey, yeah, she's it's better still, than... Well, she did more than Chad. <laughs> I, I was kind of surprised about Ishita though, because he was doing um, like out of the three, because um, I you know I can, the, they're the like there's the main five uh, Ichigo, Rukia, um, Ishida, Chad, and Orihime, but it, like Ishida I feel like did the most um, outside of maybe Rukia. It's about they're about even because she only comes in towards the end. So um. I don't know. Like earlier you said I was just kind of I found it kind of funny. You're like Ishida kind of had stuff to do in this arc i'm like did did he really did 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 he really he was more relevant much? at least um <laughs> so <laughs> but i mean again it is ichigo's arc um but i thought this was the chad arc what what are you telling <laughs> um so yeah um karin can see ghosts now and um well she goes to see urahara i forgot what that how that came into play later at the moment. Because, well, Urahara obviously does stuff later um, with uh, he was helping Ishin to, uh, you know, let Soul Society know what was going on. But um, I forget about Karin specifically. I don't know if it did come into play later. I'm not remembering anything. But I guess that's another cool thing about um, this arc is that, like... The the cast back in Karakura Town, it's not a bad cast. So, like, taking time to... I don't want to say focus on them because they really didn't do a whole lot here, but like just give them screen time, time to do anything. It's not unwelcome. Well, and there were like small moments too. Like one I liked was when, um, like the arc starts out and Yuzu's, you know, being her naggy little sister to Ichigo. And then, you know, it's like sort of normal, but later on, like she, does something and Ichigo's like yeah you look great or like Ichigo's not Ichigo and she has a really weird reaction she's just like so not into it and it's just I thought it was interesting because um it was like the opposite of normal but it was worse because it was actually like like it was just they have an interesting relationship I suppose and it was just just a little scene like it didn't matter too much but it was interesting to see um but anyway um uh, Ginjo you know he's he says he can get Ichigo's abilities back like (laughs) 
who who surprising absolutely no one like i wonder if some people see the thing with predictability is i feel like it turns a lot of people off because they remember a time when they didn't understand like storytelling and so they're like oh it's just predict but so that now they're like they're they 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 want to be surprised like that's i think that's why people like stuff like walking dead or attack on titan where all these characters suddenly die in brutal ways and you're like whoa that's so unexpected i didn't expect that but obviously the important ones don't die uh, game of thrones um but then it's like so when stuff predictable stuff too does happen it like no it's people get dissatisfied but like at a point you need to realize that when you understand storytelling you need to be able to like understand that it's not what happens that it's important it's why it happens that's important like yeah ichigo gets his powers back i was expecting that from the moment like but like what happened is when he gets his powers back there's a character moment like it matters that so it's it's not just him getting his powers back for the sake of his getting his power back there's meaning to it like so the why is always um more more important than what in my opinion so like it's the same with like one piece like oh luffy's gonna be pirate king what a shitty story if he didn't become a pirate king the story wouldn't fucking matter <sighs> that's like if if you said like naruto becomes hokage at the end of the story is that really a spoiler because like that's the whole point yeah luffy obviously the... hasn't even done it yet but it's like it's it's yeah and, and even then it's like would you be disappointed if naruto became the hokage like you should have been expecting it why it's so predictable though it's it's like it's just that weird interim stage between like you know will, willfully uh, or not willfully but just be, you know not really understanding a lot about storytelling and just sort of going along with it but not willing to like dig in and find the meaning when um you know instead just being disappointed it's it's weird um, I mean, like, I, I, there is a level of appeal in unpredictability in stories, but, um, like, if I think of, like, a, a, a story where, like, the character, like, a main character loses at times, I'm, I guess I'm less interested in, like, oh, the, the protagonist lost, like, that doesn't always happen in stories, that's a surprise, but more like, who is this kind of a character, like, why would they lose? How is it facilitating their growth that they lose here? Like when right, Naruto loses to Sasuke yeah. at the end of part one, like why does he lose there? What does that mean for his character? And then you you see that you you see that progress throughout the story. But like when he he you know like whether they win or lose, whether it's a surprise or not a surprise, it doesn't matter as long as it's like it's more interesting to see how it affects the the character. I kind of trailed off there at the end, but you get my point, maybe. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's more... Well, because it can be handled poorly, too. Like, if a character loses, and then they win again, even though there's no change. They didn't get stronger, they didn't change as a person, the villain... Like, they just lost for some reason, and then they won for some other arbitrary reason. And it's like, yeah. So, it's... It's never the what. Everything can be executed well or poorly, I think. I like to think. Um, so... Yeah, it's just a matter, again, it's a matter of the why. Why does it matter? And, you know, Bleach matters. It has ideas. It works. <laughs> it's good. Um, oh, I see what the Karin, how Karin was, because the whole thing about the arc is trust. So, um, Karin was going to Urahara without telling um, Ichigo, and Ginju is, Ginjo is using that to sort of, like, um, each cast, give Ichigo some doubts regarding those around him. But, um, well, I definitely want to talk about that, especially when they're during their fight, because uh, I thought that how that 
turned oh. out, the conflict turned out was interesting. Now, now that you mentioned trust, I, I've got things clicking in my head now. Oh, this would be Yeah, cool. right? Well, I, I had a little cheat sheet because one of the Curious Cat uh, questions I got mentioned that uh, all they said was that trust is important in the full brain arc. And as it was going, I was like, okay, I'm seeing it. And then when it finished, I was like, yeah, okay, I got it. Um, well, because... See, the thing about Bleach that's interesting is normally when I read something or watch something, it clicks together as I'm watching it. Like, something will happen and I'll just have, like, that click moment. I'll pause it and I'll write it down. But with Bleach, I finished the arc and it ha- I had to, like, sit there and, like, make it click. Like, I, so I do think it's a bit more, like, so I do, that, that, like, um, without talking about how it's presented, I do think just the fact that I have to think about it more, like, there's, there's a bit more subtlety in its presentation than I'm used to. Like, cause I had, I had to, I had to dwell on it myself personally. So, um, and I like that cause that's the thing. Bleach is making me want to dig into it. Like I, I might reread it shortly after I finish it just for the sake of videos, because especially with like, it goes a, I think, feel like it, it would be quick to reread and, um, B it's like, it's same thing with Naruto where the early parts, we weren't as into it because we weren't expecting it to be good. Um, it, what, what was good about it hadn't clicked into place yet. See, now I'm like, oh. Okay, like how much of this stuff was always there? Like, um, w- like uh, the themes of gr- I never talked about the themes of grief in the f- in the in the first video. It was only um it, it, the first episode of the podcast. It was only later after I'd seen that other video that I was like, oh yeah, this is totally there and totally doing a thing. Um, but um, and then, so it, it, I feel like if I reread it, I'll get a I'll get an extra perspective. Um, so yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, Ichigo's still deciding whether to train with uh, Ginjo or not, and then. Um, he has a scene I was talking about earlier where, um, Yuzu comes in, she's like, oh, I did good on my test, and she's like, wow, you did good, and she's, she's just so weirded out, and, um, I mean, Orihime, of course, she's got bread, <laughs> um, uh, just, you know, the normal things are still going on while Ichigo's thinking, so, and then we get a bit of a scene where Ishida runs into a rather major player this arc, uh, Skishima, and... <laughs> Ishida gets fucking destroyed, though as we find out later, it wasn't quite by Tsukishima. But um, anyway, they get called to the hospital and just sort of talking about, like, I'm wondering what happened, which is hard to talk about because we know it happened. (laughs) So it's like, whatever, Uh, let's just move on. It was sort Um, of interesting, at least at the beginning of the arc, how... Because I guess if you do want to talk about this idea of trust, you have, uh, you have, like... Well, I guess Ishida doesn't really do anything at this particular moment in time, but, like, you have, uh, early on, it's, like, Chad and Orihime are keeping secrets from Ichigo, because, obviously, he doesn't have his powers, and they don't want to put him in danger, so they're not trusting him. But then there's also, like, Ichigo was always the one who wanted to protect them, and here you have an instance of they are trying to protect him from something, and so it's interesting to... I guess that's what made this arc sort of interesting at the beginning, was that, like... Chad and Orihime don't do much, but I feel like they their characters have a little more, uh, I don't want to say direction, but, like, agency in this arc. Like, they get to, um, I don't know, like, they're trying to keep things away from Ichigo. Like, they're trying to do things on their own, and, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like, Ichigo can't protect them. Like, well, because that's what he realizes after Ichigo gets, it, like, uh, it's, gets attacked. He decides to do the training because... Ichigo got hurt, and he wasn't able to do anything. He can't protect anyone. But they they also know that Ichigo can't protect them, so they're, like... Orihime got stronger. She was able to do the, uh... Later on, she used her powers to reflect, uh... I think it was Ginjo's attack or something. Um, she, like, reflected it back at him. And, 
uh, or no, maybe it was Tsukishima, Tsukishima, but it's like, yeah, so, you know, they're, they're getting stronger, so, um, yeah, there's that, but, it, yeah, you, now you put, uh, mentioned the trust, it's like, um, yeah, because they don't, like, you know, they probably know that, you know, Ichigo not being able to do anything is wearing on him, so they don't want to burden him with their stuff, so it's not, they're like, it's, it's not necessarily that they don't trust him, it's that they don't want to burden him, I suppose, but, um, it, it is, like, there's, they, they're also not necessarily so but i guess that is a form of distrust when you know they're not sure how he's going to handle it so they're not even giving him a chance to weigh in basically so yeah until of course this moment where ishida got just destroyed um so anyway, ichigo gets uh taken to the full bringer's place and they have a bit about they talk a bit about um full bring powers and how they work like uh they were um so basically full bringers are people who uh their mothers were attacked while pregnant, and so now they can control souls. And, yeah, and of course, that we, as we find out, that's how Chad and Orihime got their powers, which makes sense because they were tied. So Kubo's had this shit in mind, p- potentially, since the fucking beginning of the series, basically. And we're, like, 400 chapters in, and he's, like, now getting to it, like... Because <laughs> I feel, I, I, imagine, I think one of the complaints about Bleach is that, oh, he's just making up as it, go, as it goes along, but that's obviously not fucking true. Like, I don't think I've heard that from our comment section, but I just... Because people compare it to Dragon Ball in that way. Well, and I think you weren't accusing Bleach of it, but early on you sort of, like, got to the sentiment where it's, like, the story could have ended after the Arankar stuff. Yeah. You know, so it it gives the sense that he's making it as as it goes along. You know, like, where it's, like, compared to this to Naruto or One Piece where the main character didn't achieve their goal, so obviously the story's not done yet. But with so, but he is obviously planning and planned it out to at least a, you know this degree, and um, and I'm sure we'll learn more in the next arc so about stuff. I don't know. I'm am curious. So anyway, we get the first of the training arcs where he's in the dollhouse fighting the dude in the stuff in the uh, pig thing. I guess another interesting thing about I mean I guess it's not exclusive because there were a couple of like. Bankai's or you know these powers that weren't directly sword related but like the full bring powers weren't exclusively swords which was you know ah god Fresh. forbid we have a we have a fight that doesn't have two people swinging swords at each other <laughs> but like you know you had the dollhouse girl you had the the video game guy and you had the person with the the watch the time yeah well the it's powers just... since they were more specific abilities they also felt to me more like like Less like bleach, pa- like bonkais and stuff, and more like a nen power or a stand ability from Joe something. Like since they have the rules and stuff, they, if it feel you know they're, they're they feel like they're from a very different mold, which yeah. is good because they're supposed to be a whole different power set. And Orihime's powers makes well, it's interesting because now I think about it, like um, yeah, no one knew what the fuck Orihime's deal was, but oh, she's just a full bringer, uh, you know, a powerful full bringer. But, um, potentially, because her p- fucking power can reject the rules of reality. Um, so, but anyway, um, yeah, Ichigo figures out his full brain powers because he has to find out what object, um, you know, and he, he, he focuses on his, uh, Deputy Soul Reaper badge, which, as we find out, is majorly important, um, <laughs> to, uh, him and, uh, Ginjo as well, um, because it's... It's basically his bond between him and the Soul Reapers, like, even now when they're gone. But then, um, I, I guess we'll talk about that more later, because it becomes more interesting with the context of 
uh, Ginjo's whole deal too. So unless you had anything to say about that, uh, not at not at present. Yeah. Other than just yeah, like Ichigo had a power that wasn't sword related <laughs> for a moment there. He, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Then um, Sakishima attacks Orihime um, while Ichigo rounds out the training, um, and he teleports behind her because that's just how it goes. Um, and she gets stabbed, but as we find out, uh, that's uh, his his sword doesn't really cut his fucking ability like especially in his fight later <laughs> is fucking nuts like the things he could do with his power holy shit like not just the memory alteration but well, partly that but it's like goddamn. in a he sense crazy he's, shit later. he's kind of like the aizen of this arc in that like he's got that ability to mess with people's minds that's what made me think of too because we're just like well because it's it's you know it, it's it feeds into the trust aspect of it because he's well it's like it's similar but different in a way that's also thematically appropriate because now it's like it's challenging it's directly challenging it's not just um with aizen he made an illusion that um was you know affected all of your senses so you know and um if you know it works into like the you know question everything the understanding parts of it like one part from the analysis that blew my mind a little because he talks about how um it, it talks about how, you know, people should, que- you know, Eisen's whole thing is that he, you know, questioned things. Like, no one in the Soul Society questioned uh, the the 46 until uh, Ichigo came in and their decisions. Like, Fiyakio was blindly following along, even if it meant would mean the death of his sister. Um, but then, like, when Eisen went into that passageway um, to Soul Society and there was, like, the monster thing... That like again was like oh uh, no one can can kill that thing so we got to run and Eisen just destroys it and it's like and it points he they, in the analysis it pointed out that um yeah like no one questioned like it, basically it, the, it's it, no one questioned that the thing could be destroyed like and I thought about like I wouldn't be surprised if Ichigo could destroy it too just be, it's just that the idea of the thing was more powerful than the thing itself and so it it fits Eisen's powers but this is more since it directly affects your perception it's not like creating something that you perceive it's like straight up fucking with your mind it it feeds into the trust thing so it's similar but it's different in a way that's thematically appropriate so i see what you mean when you say uh he's like his power is like aizen in that way so yeah so anyway after the uh the training against the yakuza stuffed animal uh ichigo gets in a fight against uh jackie the the next full bringer um forget if i had anything specific to say on that one I mean, aside from the teleporting, um, in which she goes behind him and he goes behind her. Um, oh yeah, he figure uh, he figures out his power a bit more, and he uses it like I kind of like the trick where he like he he expected her to find out the weakness, and deliberately used that. Um, and he sort of he he you know he levels up his uh full ring powers a bit more, gets getting closer to the uh um what they need. And like <laughs> when I talk about this being. You know, this arc having differences from like all the the Soul Society related stuff. This is where it's like, okay, he he's got his sword now. He's got his 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 cloak, his robe, but it's just full brain. I thought that was kind of funny, but I mean, it's just a yeah. Well, it's like not like there's anything wrong with it. It was just like, oh, okay, this is a little. Huh. Yeah, well, it, it, like, because the whole thing is that, uh, you know, he's so to- tied to his Soul Society stuff that even, like, he's, even when he, you know, it changes his full brink to something he can wear, it, it's still tied to Soul Society, like, visually, too. So, even though he's technically not using a sword, he's still using, like, the projectile weapon, so. 
Anyway, um, so yeah, Ichigo finishes training and he gets in a brief spat with uh, Sukishima and Ginjo saves him. Oh, actually, now I'm putting a couple of extra things together. Some of it for later, but like, I, d- I did like how the um, the thing with the full brain powers was it was like uh, based on based around pride. So like for for Chad, he had pride in his his oh, yeah. skin, as he said, like pride in his heritage. So like his arms became his power. Um, and then like with Ichigo, he he took pride in his Soul Reaper powers because that was right. like what they were saying with him. And he was like, I can't think right. of a moment where I wasn't you know not proud of my Soul Reaper powers because it would allow me to protect people. Uh, yeah. And that certainly plays into a moment that happens later, which I'll save for now. I'm not specifically sure what you're mentioning, but uh, I'm sure I'll remember when we get to it. Um. But just like along with with trust, you do have like elements of pride being yeah. brought yeah. up in this arc, which is yeah. Again, I'll save it for later. So anyway, um, Skishima gets uh, sent off by everyone um, while Ichigo does, starts the uh, the video game training against a Ginjo. Yeah, this was this was one of the moments where I thought like. If it's true that this arc had to be shortened, this was where I got a little, mm, perhaps a little skeptical, because, like, the, they have that exchange, and everybody, like, they're able to, you know, ward him off, but then you kind of get the flashback later on when they're training that, oh, Chad actually got stabbed by him, so now he w- fell under the power. Mm-hmm. And, but, but because it, w- it because it happened in a flashback, it just felt kind of weird that that was how Kubo would show it, because that, I don't know, it just seemed strange but yeah i'm not sure um oh yeah and there's the moment of uh yeah i guess they're they're um when they well when they come into train too you know they they're talking about what what i was mentioning earlier about how they don't want to you know ichigo wasn't able to protect them so um but well they actually trained knowing that expecting that he would get his powers back because you know they don't want to hold him back so see i'm worried because i feel like if the next arc get got cut off early, that means that like I imagine the last characters who would have gotten their like resolutions would have been the main ones. Like th- those might have been like the last five fights is Ichigo's, Rukia's, Chad's, or Himes and Ishida's, you know, and maybe some of the other ones like important ones too. But it's, so I'm like, so if the arc got cut off before Kubo, you know, had originally planned it, do those characters get their resolution? <laughs> I'm worried. <laughs> Probably not. But um. Well, because from, so, how, so, yeah. from how I understand it was that Kubo had planned to make the series longer than it was, but, but then he, he just sick, cut, he, like his health his health couldn't manage, so he just sort of ru- ru- finished it basically. Yeah, but he like he was he had also said I forget what interview I saw it in, but like he he had, had considered like ending it earlier than he ended up doing now, but he you know he wanted to see it through to a conclusion of some sort, so. I don't know, maybe he rewrote the story in a way that would wrap up. The, so, like, I mean, the characters could still get their moments, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Although, we'll, at this we'll point, see. I feel like calling Chad a main character <laughs> is a, a bit of a stretch. I, I say it because he was, like, he got his own arc. Or, well, I guess Kong did, too. Never mind. Kong didn't even show up this chapter, this stretch of chapters at all. I mean, and, I'm sure you don't mind. I yeah. just only realized it now. And the story was none the worse off. For Kon not appearing. <laughs> I didn't even realize it until just now. Because, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense because Kon was mostly there to give let Ichigo go Soul Reaper and have his body be able to do stuff, but now Ichigo can't be a Soul Reaper. But they did, I don't even, did they even address what happened to him? Like, I'm not even sure if he was even mentioned. Like, he's just been completely forgotten. <laughs> huh. 
now I'm doing all these weird character comparisons in my head because I keep thinking about Chad and how he's you know main he's supposed to be main character level importance, but uh like someone had said like compare Orihime to Sakura. I'm thinking more like compare Chad to Sakura. Like <laughs> if you want to talk about like the the meme that Sakura is useless, uh what about wh- <laughs> Chad? What has he done? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's gotten some fights, and then he gets wrecked, um, and then that's it. That's all he's ever... No, um, yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> that's fair. Like, because, yeah, definitely, like, Orihime is cuter than Sakura. She's funnier than Sakura. Her power is cooler than Sakura. Like, just saying. And, well, I said cuter, and I'm like, look, her eating the donuts, and <laughs> she's so good. Yeah, I was gonna say we we're obviously te- team Rukia here, <laughs> but I'll let I'll let Orihime take these points. She deserves them. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like I I had messaged you in the uh I had been talking to you before the podcast and I had said like I don't know like Orihime everybody in like in the narrative is like oh Orihime is so hot like she's you know she's the the good looking character and I was like okay yeah she's fine. This was the first, like, this panel of her with the donuts was the first. I was like, oh, my God, my heart. I can't take yeah. this. It's too sweet, too cute. And, uh, like, when she, when um, Riruka's like, um, you can only have one. And then Norina starts crying after <laughs> she reaches for another one and gets scolded. And it's like, oh, she's so fucking good. <laughs> I also thought it was kind of interesting, just, like, you know, considering, like, just the way her character is there was also like a more serious panel like she's talking about like her her backstory like oh i think yeah, my parents yeah, like were abusive and my my brother died and so like she's got like this tragic anime backstory but she's just like shrugging it off and like yeah well and i like the explanation because it's like it's be- you know because she each goes so reliable she doesn't feel the need to mope and cry about it because you know she's got people in her life who you know will help her and she's willing to help him like and Riruka's you know is initially like rejected rejecting that so and I, and I just thought that was that was interesting not that like uh I don't know not not that like tragic anime backstories are a bad thing but like just it's an interesting insight on Orihime's character that like she she has gone through like she's not just not just a cute manga anime girl but like She's she's gone through like she's got a rough backstory, but she she's moved beyond that because like well because it's like we even when she, the series started she was still her der- derpy self which was kind of like you know that coping me- mechanism defense thing yeah but then you know she the backstory the the arc happened with where her brother was hollow and she moved on from that and now like we're seeing her like now like I don't I, you get the like these characters have seen some fucking shit you know through Soul Society and the Arankar stuff and you can you can kind of see that with how like like look just look how relaxed Orihime is like she's you know this is nothing to her um you know her her you know her and Baxter she's had other things happen to her too it's like yeah um oh yeah and I like how when uh Ichigo is fighting there was a great bit of foreshadowing um where like he compares Ginjo Ginjo to Gin where it's like you know with Gin Gin was um you know his thoughts were completely beyond Ichigo so Ichigo couldn't understand Gin um because you know, like, Gin wasn't being honest in his sword. But with uh, Ginjo, um, as we find out, uh, he's, there's nothing, like, he, he's, he, he, what he what he's really fighting for is completely hidden, so there's nothing for Ichigo to get there either. So it's I, I just thought it was a really, 
Like, I, I figured something was up, and I was interested. And then we, when we actually see what happens, I'm like, oh, shit. Um, and I thought back, and I was like, yeah, it was, it was just a solid bit of foreshadowing. Um, Although now that you bring that up, like, just all throughout this podcast, every time you've mentioned Gein, Joe, I just keep thinking of Gein, because Gein is in the name. I'm like, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> uh. I, I thought about it. I'm like, that's not going to be confusing at all. <laughs> Although I did think it was, um, like, just going back to that topic of, like, plot twists and you know surprising the reader it was it was interesting how kubo played with ginjo's character in this well obviously only in this arc because this is the arc where ginjo shows up but how like ichigo doesn't trust him but then ichigo does trust him but then ichigo never really fully trusted him but then ginjo's like okay i'll be the the bad guy you want me to be and it's like oh now ichigo can can trust him but then yeah yeah well we'll we'll definitely talk about that because that's definitely the most interesting stuff although i like how he does the uh he he's like oh yeah i'm gonna kill chad and orihime and he gets ichigo mad and like he does he forces ichigo to have a desire to protect to get him to unleash his uh power um, he's even like sorry i was such a cheesy bad guy and then later on <laughs> oops um but yeah it's just uh, yeah he's just uh, you know understanding each his character and abusing that to get him power so yeah um oh and then we get to the fucking the real shit (laughs) um so ichigo finishes his training he unlocks his powers pretty much fully and he goes home (laughs) and who's that on the couch it's sukishima Sukishima. (laughs) and this whole section of just like ichigo suddenly not being able to really trust anyone because everyone's had their fucking ma- ma- minds screwed over by Tsukishima. Like he gets the fucking um uh um ik- or the uh the the the, uni- the eel lady. I don't remember her name. <laughs> like even she, it's like like she's like this person who's largely disconnected to Ichigo. But even Tsukishima Suki- got her too. And it's like this big like just. <laughs> All these, it, the shit, the shit just kept happening. Like honestly, it reminded me of at the end of Soul Society with Aizen, of just like the quantity yeah. of like what the fuck moments, like one after the other. And I think I also like this part in particular because I like the trope of uh, the main character is no lo- no longer like all the all those around him have their memories fucked with, so they don't really recognize the main character in the same way. And it's like because that happened in uh, Ushio and Tora in the final arc and Tiger and Bunny in the second half and those were great parts of the show and now you have the same thing happen because it's like i don't like mind control but this isn't mind control it's just they've all it's it's just a slight mind manipulation like they're still the same characters they just now see ichigo as like someone who's like mindlessly attacking his friend for some reason and so um, yeah, it's, it's think not Sco- like oh ichigo has to fight all of his friends now because they're not they don't recognize him at all it's it's cool in that, like, they... It's Ichigo's they, trying to fight Tsukishima, and they're like, what the fuck? Like, if it's a, if, if, if it's a just suddenly decided to fight Orihime or Ishida, they'd be like, what the fuck, dude, and try to stop him. It's like a completely natural response. Like, because what Mind Control does is it removes the character that's there and replaces it with just, like, an empty husk, like, just a generic evil thing that's acting against the characters. So that's kind of why I don't like it. Like, like but then, you know, But then the but, narrative um, will still try to, like... Well, maybe not always, but we'll at least sometimes try to act as like, oh, this character did this thing, but it wasn't actually that character doing that thing. Yeah, that's always annoying. Yeah, like, so I'm sure mind control can be used well. Like, um, one instance, I I, I think I talked about in Naruto, too, because it came up. But it's like in uh, 
Superman the Animated Series, uh, Superman gets mind-controlled and starts fucking over Metropolis. But, like, the whole thing, the, the mind control isn't important. What's it, what, what kind of comes in later is, like, how that affected the, the setting, especially in Justice League, where, like, it instilled this fear of superheroes. Because, like, yeah, Superman can turn on the world and no one can stop him. Like, the, the ramifications that resulted from mind control were interesting. So I was more fine with it. But it's like... But anyway, back, but another, back to another this, good example like... of of mind control was that that scene in Naruto with um during the war with Haku and Zabuza where they come back yeah, and well, it's yes. like oh. where well it's 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 like body control their minds are still working just fine well, it's their bodies n- no because there, there's a part oh, no, where wait. Kabuto like shuts off their minds as well mm. so like they're they like it's a good way to show like the contrast between that original fight where you see yes. their human flaws, whereas, you know, you and now flip they're, that. Well, because it's the, the human tool dynamic. Like, there's meaning in it, yeah, instead of just, like, forcing a conflict, which is so easy in, normal, like, superhero stuff. And, like, you could, you could almost see how, like, oh, uh, Orihime is mind-controlled, so now you got Ichigo versus Orihime. Like, that wouldn't have been too great. Um, because, again, the character would have just been gone from the conflict, unless there was meaning to draw from it. So, yeah, that, that's why I'm usually not a fan of mind-control. I just find it cheap, because it removes, like character actions but this works because like they're still the characters they're just there's just like one thing about them that's just off you know that or just that's just incorrect and like so it was really fun <laughs> reading the stretch chapters because i'm just like sukishima you bitch i fucking hate you <laughs> like goddamn, i did not like him and for, for in a good way <laughs> Yeah, this was um, when, like, like as far as, like, when the arc, I think, was at its peak, like, when I was enjoying it the most, this this stretch was, this was good. I, yes. I like the whole... Well, like, the, there's a moment where they go into the house, and there's, like, a, like a, 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 a streamer goes, and they're, like, everyone's like, welcome back! And or Ichigo's just fucking horrified. Like, it's like, everyone else is so happy, but it's, uh, the juxtaposition is so good. <laughs> God, and then of course Chad and Orihime fight back against Ichigo. It's like, ah, yes, this is all really good. <laughs> oh, so then, um, then we get a bit of a bit of a, a twist. This is, and this was where the the what the fuck moments continued. Um, where Sukishima teleports behind Ichigo and stabs Ginjo. And at first I was like, oh shit, he stabs Ginjo. But then, what happened after that was super fucking crazy. <laughs> Because, oh, Ginjo and the um, Fulbrings, they had already been stabbed before they even met Ichigo <laughs> to think that they were the enemies of Tsukishima. <laughs> but now they're, they get to become themselves for real. So it's like, so we find out why Ichigo wasn't able to like get understand Ginjo after fighting him because it wasn't the real Ginjo. And now he's... Uh, Oh, that was that, <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Like I knew the guy looked villainous, like from the beginning, but I was fine with it because oh, he's a good guy after all. But then, never mind. <laughs> and then, like you want to keep talking about this idea of trust because you get that moment where uh, where Ishida shows up and Ichigo hesitates, like, can I trust Ishida? And then that kind of, I, I think I think that's what ends up getting him stabbed. Because, like, he didn't react quick enough. It was like a te- I think the way they put it later is it was like a test. Because they deliberately did, during the flashback, they deliberately didn't cut Ishida with uh, Tsukishima's powers. So it's like, Ich Ichigo would have to find out the difference between Ishida, who trusts Ichigo because he knows Ichigo, and Ginjo, who's, who trusts Ichigo because he was, you know, mind-manipulated by a power. And I, so I guess that's the thing. He was, because he had that... So it's actually, huh, I just thought about it. It's actually Ichigo's, like... 
what ends up defining him from Ginjo in my mind is kind of what fucked him over in this moment. Because he does have that doubt. Like, that's the thing with Ichigo. He is able to doubt. And that's what separates him, separated him from Ginjo. Because he, that's what happened. He saw Ishida and he doubted. Like, if he had blindly trusted him, it would have been fine. And he might not have even gotten stabbed by, uh, um, and gotten his powers taken away. Um, but instead, he did have that doubt. So, um... Yeah, there was that, but... that moment where, like, here's Ginjo, a guy who, for a decent amount of this arc, if not a majority of it, Ichigo didn't fully trust him it was a guy he had just met but juxtaposed against Ishida who was like you know someone he knew for you know well before this arc so long yeah so like well, he even like had what, that moment the, where he couldn't decide whether he should trust the guy he just met or the the guy he met like 17 months ago right right well because the other thing is like um the with uh Ginjo because he was helping out and when during the Tsukishima thing because he hadn't gotten uh it appeared like he he was still on Ichigo's side where no one else was. So, like, you know, it makes sense. Well, Ichigo would trust him more in that moment because he seemed to be more trustworthy than the people who he'd been close with for years. Um, but, and then, yeah, but that, just that moment of doubt, and he got... <laughs> and then um, you get uh, his dad and Urahara show up because we saw them scheming earlier. Um, and Rukia showed up and, the, oops, she stabbed Ichigo through the back. Oh, no. But no, well, it's well, fucking well, great. Well, you're, you're oh, jumping oh, a little ahead. ahead. I, I jump in a little ahead. Jump in a little ahead. Okay. Because there's, there's this miss? one moment um, I really want to talk about because this is where I oh, thought sorry. that the arc became really great and then it just stopped. But, oh, no. <laughs> so you get this moment where, you know, Ichigo, he's been cut down by, by Ginjo. Oh, okay. Um, and then, uh, Ginjo stabs him and takes away his full bring, takes away his powers. And you get this moment where Ichigo realizes, like, he wanted to regain his powers. He was so obsessed with regaining his powers to protect his, his friends that, you know, his pursuit of regaining his powers put his friends in danger. So, like, his desire to protect his comrades put them in danger, whereas they, wa- like, they wanted to protect him. He didn't have that trust in them. Like, he was so obsessed with getting his powers back that he puts them in this position. So in his effort to protect his mm. comrades, he t- does the opposite. And it was an interesting character moment. I didn't think about that, like, in that way. Yeah, because you're right. He didn't trust his... It, he he wanted to be able to protect them. Well, because it's... I mean, Ishida failed to protect himself, basically. He got wrecked. Um, by I mean, he was attacked by two guys, uh, so it's kind of fair. But, you know, Ichigo saw that and he's like, you know, he kind of in some level decided that he couldn't trust his friends to protect themselves. So he had to get his own powers back. Um, yeah. Hmm. And then and that's a that's a failing. And then the fucking Soul Society showed up and <laughs> forget all that. Forget. See, this is where, like, my opinion kind of loops back around to being the popular one that full bring isn't that great. But like for different <laughs> reasons. Because it felt like we had something here, like something with Ichigo's character, like su- like something really meaningful, and then Soul Society just shows up and hey, here your powers back again, and uh, forget that. So, because well, I mean, there's Soul Society. Ichigo's relationship with Soul Society is definitely like it, it goes for further too, especially well, yeah. With there, there is more to the Ginjo. trust aspect there. Yeah. Well, yeah. The tr- yes, but it's like what's because like you know Soul Society's you know they're saving Ichigo in his time of need, you know, cause they saved or he saved them. Um, so it doesn't quite the trust aspect, not as much, but the, the mutual prote- protection. Yeah. Cause now they're protecting Ichigo and they're able to help Ichigo, um, be able to, 
protect again. Like, I was actually pretty hyped when it happened because um, I was just, I didn't expect them all. They all have their time skip designs. And I was like, holy shit. Um, yeah, that, that so was. So we had, like, the opposite reaction. <laughs> that was a little interesting because, like, as far as, like, time skip redesigns, I at first I was a little thrown off because, like, wait a minute, they're, they're in the Soul Society. Why would they need to get redesigns? Because, like, a year for them is, like, a day yeah, in the true. real or something. <laughs> You know, I'm just making up numbers here, but, like, these guys live for, like, ever, so the year would be less important for them, but they, they still get the redesigns, which is, you know, fine, it was a time skip, I, I understand why they would get redesigns, but just, like, in-universe, it's a, it's a little nitpick, like, huh, they also changed. But, like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, this is, this was the moment where I thought, you know, maybe this arc was cut short, because, like, I don't know, I just felt like there was more to explore with Ichigo, and maybe it could still be explored in the Blood War, I don't know. Uh, insert comment reply with a timestamp saying, ha 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 ha, that, that doesn't happen, but, <laughs> but, I don't know, it just, because, like, with Ichigo, like, he's been the hero of the story, he's, it just felt, that would have been an interesting conflict to explore more, that, like, his pursuit of power cost him everything, and it put his, like, he put his friends in danger. He did that. But, eh. Eh. Yeah, I'm trying to... Because, the, 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 like I said, the trust thing with Soul Society comes up later, but I'm trying to think of it in this in the context of this moment specifically. Um, there is more here he, to, like, well, redeem did, his character. Because like, the thing is... He, or, yeah, or, go on. Because, like, he had built up, you know, trust with the Soul Society. The fact that, like, his efforts with the Soul Society gained their trust. So, like... Something from before was coming back to help him now, I guess, in this moment, like, on the topic yeah. of trust. I, I don't know. I guess, like, and, like well, it, it way, makes sense that the Soul Society that... would show up. I guess it just, it didn't feel like there was enough consequence in this moment for Ichigo for, like, having, I mean, like, the fact that this this, this happened, like, he, I don't know, like, he had put himself in this situation. I guess I didn't feel like there was enough consequence out of that. Like, I don't know, I'm not super he, he, upset he, well, the, that this happens, but... <laughs> no, it's fine. Well, because he didn't doubt his, you know, desire to get more power. He he never... Because, uh, again, he's just so sort of... Yeah, he is sort of wanting to protect so much. But, again, that, that, that past desire to protect is what... Well, is what changed Soul Society. Because that's the thing, is Soul Society is different now than it was at the start of the series because of Ichigo. They mentioned that later. And how, like... Because every like cause every everyone came to help Ichigo like he feels the the energy of like fucking you know er- everyone except um who, who, yeah like uh Unohana um fucking even uh, Yamamoto just like uh, Shinji like everyone basically so um yeah so it's like everyone's helping him but uh, there could very well be elements here that I'm still not understanding because I have shown a lack of understanding in Bleach in the past that I've you know. <laughs> Just look at Gein. I, I kind of. No, I don't know. You, you had a good perspective. I, I'm just like that's the thing. It's like the th- with Bleach. It's like with Naruto. If there's a problem, you know, it's usually clear enough that it's like, yeah, we can see it as a problem. But with Bleach, it's like I've been shown before that I like my mind has been blown so many times, and it's like I'm wondering like what are the real flaws of Bleach? Like, cause cause you have a you do have a good point. Ichigo, you know, he what he didn't doubt his own perceptions um, of, of his own desires of what he wanted. And, um, yeah, the, he, his desire to get him more power kind of fucked him over. But then yeah, that, that goes away, like, immediately. But I'm, at the same time, I'm like, I'm not sure how else the arc could have progressed, but that's not a good excuse either. So, um, 
Yeah, because, like, especially considering what happened in the last arc, where against Olkiora, he went berserker mode, and, you know, his desire to protect had become toxic at that point. And then you had with Orihime, she wants yeah. to get, you know, she wanted to get stronger to be able to protect Ichigo. And I would like to see, maybe we'll see it in the Blood in the blood War arc, because if it's not there, I'm going to be really disappointed. But, like, I want to see <laughs> that level of, like, because that just seems like that would be the logical place for this whole arc, this, like, character arc to, to lead to, is that these characters who Ichigo had to protect at one point, and it put him to this point where uh, it would, like, you know, he would he end up having again, to sacrifice yeah, this, yeah. like, yeah. you know, I don't know, his his desire to protect had become somewhat toxic, and this is the second example we've seen of that. And so I would like to see in the yeah. next arc, everybody gets to, like, stand alongside each other, they all get to, like, not necessarily that Ichigo can't protect anyone, but, like, the people he's protecting can also stand up to protect him. And, like, Soul Society can do that, Soul yeah. Society has done that. But, like, out of the human yeah, that's characters. that's what they're doing right now, even, but... The hu- the, yes, that I, would be good. Well, yeah, I, mean, I just want to yeah, see it from kind of like, that. Like, yes. these supposedly main characters who haven't done a whole lot up to this point, like, at least on that level. Like, they haven't been able to protect okay. See, Ichigo. when you put it like that, I think... Because, yeah, see, if it gets come back to later, because, like, you know, like, the way you're describing it is basically, like, his friends failed to protect themselves, and now Ichigo's failing to protect himself. Like, so they're both... Both sides are failing to mutually protect each other. So, but where Soul Society is uh, able to succeed. Um, so, because, you know, Soul Society is able to. I, I guess maybe that's the thing. It's like, did it, were his friends, hmm, I just realized. His friends weren't really helping Ichigo, were they? They were they were trying to get stronger on their own. Ichigo hmm. was trying to get stronger on their own. And they all failed. But Soul Society tried to get Ichigo strong. Like, they're, they're, they want Ichigo to get stronger and they're letting him do the full brain training. But they didn't really help. Like, Orihime was healing him, I suppose, but, um, and Chad gave him advice. Okay, so maybe that's not true, but it's like, but even then, it's like, mm, is that well, as much, at least it's not as much help as, uh, he's getting from Soul Society, Well, yeah, because so. there, there were moments where, like, Chad and Orihime were trying to keep secrets from Ichigo because they wanted to protect him, but they weren't, right. because they weren't letting, they weren't trusting him, they weren't letting him in on the conversation. Right, well, I, I just had a thought, if Chad knew how Ichigo could get his full bring powers, then why wasn't he helping, like... Why rely on these complete strangers when he could just help them on his own? So yeah, there's there's a bit of a lack of trust kept these characters from solving the situation. Like they had a fucking over a year and a half. Like if they really wanted to help like, like Ichigo get stronger, but but instead they just tried to get stronger on their own. Okay, I think we I might have just fixed it. The, well, <laughs> I wouldn't say that it's know. fixed completely. Like this is all well and good, but again, it needs a payoff. Like there has yeah, this we'll has to lead goes, to something, especially. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit more, like, you had had a good point, but now I'm like, okay, well, now it's like, I, I understand a further depth of Ichigo's failure. Like, it's not just Ichigo's failure, it's everyone else's failure, too. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it would have been nice to see the character moment, the the, 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 the low linger a bit more. Like, because that, that panel with him, like, screaming in the rain is, like, it's a good panel. Um, and, but then it's like a couple couple pages later it gets stabbed and it's like it keeps getting worse but no it was Ruki and everything's okay um yeah so I can, I can definitely understand that feeling but I do think like yeah it's it's definitely interesting now that I've dug into a little bit more because that's the thing with Bleach I feel like if you just if you just dig in a little bit more you know maybe it's not that bad <laughs> so but I don't know we'll, we'll see I, I, I'm really afraid and excited for the for the last arc um <laughs> Oh man, but um, I'm definitely enjoying Bleach right now. I'll say that. Um, 
So anyway, yeah. Um, I are we finally done with that? Um, for now. Yeah. Okay, for now. So yeah, uh, Soul Society comes in. Um, yeah, the w- the way they give him his power back makes total sense because that's what Ru- they even mentioned. That's what Rukia did in the very beginning. Um, so it's like, yeah, it, it, they they just get just straight up just give him his soul energy. So um, although like because it it did happen in this way, this is probably something I'm more just overlooking things, but it did feel like it sort of maybe not completely invalidated. I could just be missing a detail here, but like. They could have just done this, like they could have just given him his powers back, and this arc wouldn't I, have needed to happen. You mean? But I don't think so. I think he needed to unlock his full brain power to sort of like a lot, like to allow him to get his soul energy back. I think, like, because he couldn't get that. That's the thing is he couldn't get his soul reaper powers until he became a full brain. So I imagine he. So he, the way I see it is like it's sort of a back door, kind of to getting his soul reaper powers back and if they just gave him soul energy back it would have been through the front door so they were only able to do this after he got his full brain powers basically so um yeah so it's like yeah they could have avoided the arc if like chad and orihime had figured out the full brain stuff on their own and and you know not trusted gon uh, ginjo and then so after he got his full brain powers then soul society but it's like that's kind of the thing though is that ichigo you know let himself get tricked by this person you know, he, he he still doubted him, but yeah, it's that's how it happened. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Um, but anyway, I do like this moment where Ichigo like uh, attacks and Ginjo's like, "Oh yeah, what is that your Getsuka Ten show? That's it. <laughs> You're not gonna be able to kill me with that." And Ichigo's like, "That was just my sword pressure, dude." And it's like, "Oh, <laughs> shit." <laughs> um, so anyway, they start their fight. This the, their fight. And what do you know, when the Soul Society shows up, the problems that hadn't been, well, not, you know, the things I, t- I took issue with in the past, come back with them. Yeah, well, just get a, well, you got the fights, you know, the one-on-one fights, you know well, how cause it goes. Well, like, every, not to say that there weren't it. one-on-one fights in this arc, but there, I don't know, like, they were broken up a little more, because there was, like, a lot of, uh, I don't know, because this arc was smaller, like, there was more room to have more dialogue and character exploration, and it there weren't. Like, there wasn't as much room to have a bunch of one-on-one fights happening. But then Soul Society shows up and they all happen. It's like, no, no. <laughs> that wasn't what made this arc special. And now we're, we're, yeah, meh. Although I did like the part where... I mean, come on. How c- like, it's not, <laughs> well, it's not I, that these fights didn't have cool moments. Like, the part where, oh, because how much I just adore when characters just bulk up and, like, oh, I'm powerful now because I'm bigger. Uh, so it was very satisfying to see Kenpachi just cut the guy down in one swing. <laughs> Fucking Kenpachi. He's, he's not even enthused. He's just like, meh, boring. Like, yeah, he's right. You're right. It's like he's got the most simplest boring power, so of course Kenpachi's fucking bored. Yes, Ken, Kenpachi <laughs> like... was me. So, like, that was very satisfying to see. Like, I don't want to see this fight, like... The big monsters that's got to gang up on the the guy the big guy who just bulks up and slows down a fight because oh, I'm big and powerful you can't stop me nah that's lame Kenpachi cuts him down it's good dropped like a sack of rocks <laughs> yeah um, and of course come on you can't hate Rukia being well, surrounded by cute things no that was good too like <laughs> don't think you can it wasn't me that the, the fights were bad like. The fights were, like, I will at least say that these fights were more interesting than some of the, the Arankar fights that happened. You know, yeah. then again, there were so many fights in the Arankar arc, obviously some of them would not be very <laughs> yeah, entertaining. Course, yeah. But, yeah, the, these ones were good. It's just like, oh, we got we got to break off into the one-on-one fights. But no, the fights were fine, most of them at least. 
Like, he... well, and of course they do the Arankar thing where they sort of deal with their own idea, like with uh, Ikaku against uh, Shishigama, I think the the luck guy. Where it's like, you know, they're they're, they're you know he they're doing with luck again. So it's like it doesn't really, like I don't think anything about their fight really factored into the trust element. I don't think like it's just um just a bit of there was just experience where the luck guy's power ran out. So he lost. I mean, like, know, there, he, there he was... He really fought with it. There was kind Which of a was, bit with, uh, like, if you want to talk yeah. about trust, there was... Because he was the subordinate for uh, mm. the the okay, so, other guy. Tsukishima, yeah. Yeah, Tsukishima. Yes. So, like, there was a little bit there, and, like, just thinking about Ikaku's, you know, knowing that Ikaku places that much trust in Kenpachi, or, and, you know, vice versa. So, like, mm-hmm. to explore that dynamic through this newer character, like, that, that worked. Also, can right. we talk well, about my man yeah, Ikaku yeah, just I forgot about... you know popping You're a dislocated right. shoulder, flexing a dislocated shoulder back into <laughs> its socket, flexing it, not even using his other arm or like a wall or something, just like Ugh! he just does it. And you're right, you're right. When you I forgot, I actually forgot about. I was just thinking about like the abilities because you're right. There was the trust thing because Ikaku is able to trust Kampachi and he expects and you know they're they're both comrades in arms, you know. And but uh, Shishigami Gama, Gama doesn't have that with uh, Skishima. So there's the so there there's an ideological failure too and and I feel like his the weakness to his powers makes sense it, well it's interesting because it's like the thing with probability is that probability is it doesn't change and yet it's it's f- funny how the human mind works where it's like you know you can ask someone ask a random person on the street uh, you flip a coin forty five times um, and you get heads every single time forty five times in a row uh, what's the chance what what's the ne- what what will the coin land on next. And so many people might say tails, but it's still a 50-50 chance. Like, that's the thing. So it's like his power works with how the human mind perceives probability, where the probability lowers over the time of it being useful, kind of. So I thought that was mildly interesting. Um, so yeah, um, Hitsugaya fights the gamer guy. Uh, Renji fights, uh, what's it, Jackie. Uh, Byakuya fights Skishima. Um, trying to think if I had anything else to say about those fights, specifically. Oh yeah, uh, Hitsugaya beating the gamer guy was you know he just um hides behind him and lets his because uh, his, his own power I don't, I don't know about it if there's an ideological thing there though um i can try to remember if any of the fights were as uh, good as the uh ikaku one. Oh, the sukishima Byaku. like did you have anything to say on the ga- the fight against uh with hits guys or renji's fight uh well um not really with renji's fight that one was pretty uninteresting the only thing i was thinking of with uh the hitsugaya one is that was probably the the fangirl fight the like because you got the two cute, yeah, the boys. cute boy against the cute boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> not that like like again like when people there's the meme that like oh here comes hitsugaya because ratings are low or whatever like i don't know so far i haven't felt that with hitsugaya because like he's showing up in a group it's not like he's just showing up himself and like i don't know like he doesn't get a super major I mean, role. Like, if I had a question, it's to be like, why Hitsugaya here? Like, everyone else has a connection to Ichigo, but Hitsugaya not really. So it's like that I can kind of see, you know? Like, Renji, Byakuya, Kenpachi, Ikaku. Oh. Like, they've all fought Ichigo. So, oh. But Hitsugaya hasn't. So in that, he doesn't really have a reason to be here, but he is. So, um, Well, there went my yeah, so tiny I, modicum I can... of praise for Hitsugaya. <laughs> Out the window. <laughs> So yeah, I guess I mean I don't mind it, but it's definitely like it is a bit of an anom- anomaly. So yeah, he probably is only here because he's popular and he's got a post time skip design, and so whatever, whatever. Kubo, you do you do you. <laughs> um, and you know there was a fight in it. Um, 
it was again I, I just prefer the Ikaku one and the uh Byakuya one um yeah the Byakuya, the Byakuya fight one was interesting like honestly as far as like technically interesting fights like Tsukishima had so many fucking weird applications to his power I was just like what the fuck is he doing what's going on how are you doing this with just like placing yourself in the past like that's fucking <laughs> I like <laughs> it was like summoning walls and <laughs> setting trap like because he could manipulate the past, so he's just... <laughs> I love the panel where he just, and... like, cut the leaf in half, and he's like, did that seem significant? Because, like, it's just one of those things that, he... like, looks cool, but also it was playing into the fight, because, like, then he swipes the tile, and it's like, oh, he's just doing weird things. But no, actually, no, he's being time-manipulated, dude. Well, and it's... And I like how... Well, and I like how it factored into what Rukia said... Because what Rukia told Ichigo, because she assumed that he was hit by by Tsukishima's blade, and because she was like, you know, don't dwell on the past, think forward, and that's what Byakuya does. He 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 does a very un like when Tsukishima like learns everything about him through going into the past and finds out the weakness of his ability. uh, Byakuya, you know, he does like he he grabs Tsukishima's sword and you know uh, he does something very un Byakuya like. He does some he moves forward in the same way that Rukia was telling Ichigo 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 to. Um, so yeah, it was it was good. I like uh, that that fight was good. Oh, and Rukia had a bit of a fight too. <laughs> I forgot I, I I forgot about her for some reason. Even though I or just earlier I was like, um, yeah, she gets trapped in a stuffed animal, and I'm not sure what it what else happened in that fight. Yeah, I guess I forgot it because I don't remember what happened. <laughs> oh, I like the. Did you like the? What did you think of the flashback chapter? Because I kind of thought it was interesting how it was like formatted where it's like you had one page for a member and then you have another page for a different member of the full brain group and then you like so the story was like it was like non-linear kind of like it was like jumping around between the members i thought that was interesting yeah it threw me off at first because i was like wait a minute what's what's happening why are we jumping (laughs) but then i realized they weren't all the same story they were yeah so it was it was interesting yeah yeah um yeah i mean it was just you know exploring their backstories but um Oh yeah, that's right. The uh, Ruka, um, uh, she hid inside Rukia, and came out at the end. Hmm. Not sure what to make of that quite yet. But yeah, we get the backstories. Um, it was kind of it was kind of funny with like the nature of his uh, ability or Skishima's ability. That um, what was it? Yeah, where like she got cut, and then because of how his ability works, we had to ensure like, oh no, this is not the one that changes people's memories. This is the one that actually cuts people. <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah, that's a little, a little, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, well, because it's like, that's, I, you know, I, I'm definitely going to talk about this in the future with, like, readability, because it's like, the thing with, like, weird powers, well, I guess it happens in, like, Hunter x Hunter 2, where you have the narrator explaining the abilities of, you know, some of the Chimera Ants, because they have weird abilities, they're not going to talk about them in a sensible story, so it's like, they, but we need to know what the powers do, and you can't always show every po- the nuances of every single power, you know, especially when it's, like, like, the one I always think of is the one wolf guy who had, like, the missiles, and the missiles had rules regarding the questions he asked. And it's like, so he, he summons the missiles and he asks the question, and so the narrator explains what's going on so that there can actually be tension in the scene. Because if you don't know what the powers do, then, you know, you are you don't know what the character might have to do to overcome them. So it's like, yeah, the narration makes sense at times. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a scene where it's like... like if the sword had had the sword had had visual differences though it wouldn't have been like 
the mystery would have been different. So I, I understand why, but it was yeah, it's a little like, shade clunky. Yeah, like maybe if it was clunky. in in like the anime, you could have had like the, I don't know, like one swing has like a a trail of like light following it or something. It's like this is the thing of a swing, yeah. and the other one's <laughs> thing of a swing doesn't have the thing, and it's like this is a real sword. So I don't know, but yeah, it's. Yeah, and that's one of those instances where, like, if Bleach had a narrator, this would have worked here. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. I, it, well, just, it was a thought. But, um, so anyway, um, I'm not sure if I have anything. Do you have anything else to say on the other one-on-one fights? Um, um, the only other thing I have right here is, um, there was a little, in the Ichigo Ginjo fight, there was a little panel that kind of showed a collection of, like, panels from Bleach past, and so, like, for anyone who had mm-hmm. been asking, like, what do you think of the the change in Bleach's art as it goes along? Because I know at, oh, yeah. at one point, I think, <laughs> I don't know what interview it was from, but, like, Kubo had said he wasn't as pleased, or maybe it was in one of the manga volumes. Um, but he, Kubo mm-hmm. had said that, like, he wasn't as fond of the early Bleach art. It was only after a certain point that he thought that, you know, the art got good. And, like, I hadn't really noticed it until this little panel here where it shows, like, a bunch of different ichigo faces and like i can kind of see like the the very one up on like the the top left there's a little panel from yeah, like that's... very early bleach and like i don't know if i'd necessarily say that it's worse than what we see later it's just like it's different it's, it's stunning how far his artists come though like because you see like the upper left and the middle right and then you, you just see like there's there's a whole spectrum of ichigo yeah um so it's like so like it's interesting in that like i don't know his earlier style was i guess a little less it wasn't bad but it was definitely very different it's really weird to see him next side by side like that yeah like i don't i wouldn't say it's less detailed but like i don't know like it's differently detailed like maybe i don't even know if i want to say it's simpler i don't know how to critique art i'm not (laughs) i'm not a i'm not an artist (laughs) guy i'm not a drawer so (laughs) but yeah it's different and like i don't know i wouldn't necessarily say one is better than the other but yeah, it's just interesting to see. So for anyone who wanted to know what I thought of the bleach art, uh, that that's what I thought. So um, actually, I want to go back to the Rukia fight a bit because I just paid. I was paying more, but trying a bit, pay a bit more attention to uh, Rukia, the, uh, the 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 late the Fullbring girl, and she hid in Rukia's chest so that she could defend, and she defended um, her her and uh, Ichigo when Skishima attacked them after Ichigo beat uh, Ginjo. So. Well, cause it's like, cause I like the scene afterwards where like Orihime is crying over her cause she, you know, she's glad she was, she's okay. And then you know, she asks about uh, Skishima because like, she was wondering if like Orihime was still like made to think that like they were allies by Skishima or something. So like she had a doubt in Orihime's, but Orihime was being honest. So, um, yeah. Cause she, she had mentioned all the people except, except Tsukishima. And so then when she brought that up. Uh, or I forget the name of the character, but she brought up to Orihime, and Orihime was like, "Who's that?" So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she wasn't no, she was no longer affected by his ability. So yeah. See, I feel like there's like a parallel here between like Ginjo's group of friends and Ichigo and his group of friends. I'm just trying to like re- remember because I had a thought, but I don't think I write it wrote it down. Um, so like looking back, the Fullbringers they wanted like. They, you know, they were alone in the world. They had these weird powers, 
end, you know, but they grouped together. Like, like after the fighting, Jackie said that the only reason she was with the Fulbrings was was because they had the same powers, like, not because of, like, any matching ideals or personalities or anything, but, you know, that was the one thing sort of binding them. So I guess that's a difference between uh, them and the Ichigo's friends, because they have more going than just, like, powers. So, um... Oh, that's interesting, because, um... Riruka the, says that, um, you know, or, well, Rukia says that she cannot, de- you know, she doesn't want to desert her friends, but uh, Riruka's kind of saying, like, they're not friends. Like, they don't, like, she's, uh, she felt that, the, that as a group they were scattered, so, because um, again, it, hmm, but they, at the same time, they are kind of allies, so, um, and at that, that point, that's when uh, Riruka hides in Rukia's chest, um, and eventually comes out to save her so she's actually kind of like hmm damn it i need more time <laughs> to think about it because I, I just thought the line was inter- that she said at the end was interesting and i couldn't quite figure out why like what she meant when she says that uh ichigo saved ganji like gan uh, ginjo saved us and ichigo saved ginjo um like i thought that was interesting but i couldn't figure that so I, i'll ignore it for now i know let's so let's finally talk about ichigo versus ginjo because um, I definitely had some things to say about it. Did you have anything you wanted to say? Because, um, well, well, cause I, the way I see it is, like, with Ichigo and Aizen, they were, like, opposites. Ichigo um, was the one who understood everyone, and Aizen, um, you know, what wanted to be understood. But um, it never, yeah, so, but never tried to un- truly understand others. Um, but with um, Ginjo... Ginjo was like Ichigo, like they're it's it's less instead of a mirror match, it's more of a clone match. They're kind of that's the whole thing. like they're both so, so the um, deputy soul reapers and um, but sort of what I see as a difference between the two is that uh, like Ginjo got his badge and you know he trusted Soul Society, but then um, then he found out that the badge was actually it was uh, there to watch him. It was there to you know monitor his power, and so he took that distrust. And then he he, he kind of went from you know that that but since he totally trusted them he you know was fully but he he was betrayed and that ruined all of his trust, but because because when he tells Ichigo he tells it to them like him like it's this big revelation, and Ichigo realized that because that Ukitake sort of hinted at it from the be- like he, he Ichigo doubted from the beginning he didn't completely trust he never completely trusted Soul Society and I think that's what separates the two because. You know, Ginjo trusted them, you know, I feel like Ginjo trusted them, because that's the thing, he even says, like, oh, Ukitake, he's the one who came up with the idea for the, the Soul Reaper badges, um, even even though he's a peace-loving loving guy, like, he recognized, like, I'm, I'm, honestly, I feel like Ukitake probably gave uh, Ginjo the same hint, but he, he was so, um, he trusted him so completely, he never had any doubts, so he didn't pick up on the hint that uh, the badge was, like, watching them, and then when he did find out, he felt betrayed, and you know he he rejected Soul Society completely. Well, Ichigo always had that doubt, so he was able to operate even with, you know, not you know not being able to fully trust Soul Society because you know so so that's like why when Ginjo told him about the badge, Ichigo didn't he didn't change because he had already considered that option. Like, and, but Ginjo wasn't able to see that because he was just so you know he's too much of an extreme. While Ichigo's able to understand because he s- sees both sides of it. Um, that's kind of what I saw, of what I thought about it. Um, yeah, it is interesting to kind of, that there's that moment where Ichigo's doubt costs him earlier on, like it costs him his full bringer powers, but then here it comes back around where that doubt was in his favor. 
yeah, little, yeah, a little, yeah. It's it's little. It's interesting because it's not quite one way or another. It, there's more, a bit more nuance to it. But um, and that does well because I mean, it's like the thing with the full ring powers. Like, yeah, it, the doubt was what cost him to lose his powers, but it's also the uh, the lack of trust that kept him from getting in in a safer way. So um, yeah, it's it's interesting. There's a few different la- ways ways to go about it. So yeah, um, well, because there's also like. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting conflict, and it was neat to like sit there after I read the fight and think about it for a second and be like, okay, yeah, I think that's what was going on. Yeah, and cool. because there's not like one right way or another to to do it, it plays into like the not ambiguity, but like you know, with with Ginjo's defeat and the whole thing that like Ichigo was able to see himself in Ginjo, but at the same time refute all that he was. Right, right. He because well, like um, when they were fighting, Ginjo's even even noted that he was being understood. But he, like Ichigo was doing his thing. Like he's already like that's the thing is this arc. He's kind of like he's already gotten so much experience from the previous arcs that he's like like Ichigo's not doing anything differently. I don't think like this is this is normal for him. Like understanding his opponent and recognizing where their differences lie, and like um, you know, sort of taking. Like with Grimjo, he took you know he he took Grimjo's ideology into himself, but this time I'm not even he, like Ichigo doesn't even change. Like he's already sort of he was already sort of set in what he thought. He he already disagreed with Ginjo, and it wasn't until they fought and Ichigo really understood Ginjo that he was able to really understand why. But it don't like I don't think he quite changed Ichigo, really, um, because yeah that because the whole th- thing is that they're similar. So yeah, but um, but yeah I thought it was good. And see, oh, and now see now re rereading the the sort of fallout between the Fulbring members. Like now that they're lost their boss, it's like now they sort of have to like they followed him so you know resolutely. You know they they had so much trust in him that now that he's gone, they're all lost and they kind of have to figure their shit out. So yeah, and of course we we already mentioned the moment between Orihime and Riruka. Um, hmm. So like so like on the topic of trust, you can't follow like what what's being shown with these uh these full brain characters that you can't follow someone so re- like if you follow someone too resolutely it'll backfire but like with ichigo and the soul society yeah, if you don't like, trust them at all it'll backfire so, like something yeah, in middle so, ground so, exactly because yeah that's the thing ichigo has no like there's it's not like oh, trust all the time or doubt all the time it's like it's or i, I guess it's more of like the middle ground is to to doubt like Ginjo didn't even give Soul Society a chance like um like Ichigo was able to like Ichigo even though he wasn't being fully trusted by Soul Society he sort of accepted that as kind of a normal thing um and but then and they they were able to sort of you know help him in his time of need but with Ginjo he refused them entirely just because they didn't trust him once like it's not that's kind of not fair I suppose but um hmm. see if anything this is just sort of making uh this is just like I'm thinking back to that moment with Ichigo and his powers, and it's just I don't know. With like this conclusion that the arc seems to be drawing, it just feels kind of weird that you know Ichigo's the only one. Well, I mean, obviously Soul Society was there too, but like with Ichigo and his friends, like there was that level of trust distrust there, and it doesn't feel complete. Like I don't know. It feels like that this arc should have been a little more. A little more for the human characters, like, to kind of, uh, like, they didn't trust Ichigo, I don't know, because, like, it mostly all comes down, like, on their side of things, it mostly all comes down to Ichigo, and that just doesn't, 
It just doesn't feel right with the conclusion this arc seems to be drawing about trust. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Like, there's conclusion for Ichigo, there's conclusion for the Fullbringers, but, like, yeah, what, what, or he made Chad, Ishida, like, I mean, there's even conclusion for Soul Society, because you get the bit at the end where they take, where Ichigo goes back to Soul Society, and they talk to him a bit about the Ginjo stuff, and, um, well, because he's, you know, someone asked me about this on, uh, Kira. oh, we see, um, Shinji's a captain now, which, um, so I'm presuming that, uh, Basically, since Aizen was all, all that Aizen shit was dealt with, they basically uh, accepted the Vizards back, and possibly Urahara. Um, I mean, he he's not. I don't think Urahara is actually a Soul Reaper like official, but I de- I, I imagine they've buried the hatchet at least, um, considering that it was him and Ishin that uh, were, made the plea for Ichigo's sake. So, um, but um, well, because someone asked me about um, how you know they asked. Uh, Shinji was like, are you fine with forgiving Ginjo, you know, considering he fucked with you so much? And, you know, Ichigo's thought it was fine, because he's like, I'm just a deputy soul reaper. Like, you know, he connected to Ginjo, they were similar. So, like, they were, um, I think I mentioned before, but they were, uh, Ginjo wondered, like, if, uh, Ichigo was the first deputy soul reaper and he was the second, would their places be switched to? That kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, you know, Ichigo understood him. He was fine. Um, so, but he, but he's, and yeah, there's no issue with Soul Society either. Like they just, you know, because um, they know Ichigo knows about them, him being watched, and everyone's just they're fine. So, hmm. so yeah, I guess. Well, because I guess the thing with the Fullbringers is that, like, they all trusted Ginjo, but they also like, you know, Ryuka Ryuka didn't trust. She, you know, she told like she told Rukia she didn't think that as a group fr- uh, group they were friends. But then, like at the end, she's like talk- thinking about how Chad trusted them, how Orihime cried over her, like so. They were, you know, again, like, through not being an extreme, they were able to connect. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure if I have any more to say, personally. There was that one panel that they kind of left off on, where she, uh, Riruka is up on that balcony, and then she, like, jumps, and you see the sparks, and I was like, is Kubo, like, did she just jump away, or is Kubo implying, like, suicide here? I see. I thought that when I saw her standing there, but uh, the Fullbringers, because because the whole thing is they can ma- manipulate the soul, so they can jump off the air by manipulating the soul of the air. Yeah. So and you can kind of see that on her under her foot, she's jumping. So she's. I, I'm pretty sure she's jumping up away, okay. not down. Okay. Because so like I, I get I, that was the thing. I, with... I understand. We. I thought this. I had the same thought, but I was. I uh, saw the next page. And I was like, oh, she. No, she's fine. She's fine. Because yeah, normally I might not um... have had that uh, that uh, suspicion, but just like with um. With this arc, like some of the full bring, some of the full brings survived, some of them died. So like, I don't know. It seemed like it could have worked here, but I mean, not like it's super significant to like the themes of the arc or anything, whether she lived or died. But it was just interesting. Yeah, at least I can't think of anything. So, um, so I guess yeah, that was kind of it. It's just uh, you know, it's it's very much like the last arc at the at the end of the last arc in that like uh, i mean in this way like there's no way that it's the end of bleach just because this is, is is in no way the climax of an entire series but at the same time event wise like ichigo's got his powers back where do we go from here like i i i vaguely know what's happening next because i've i've heard discussion but um but yeah it's like aside from that the next arc's called the thousand year blood war the and Look, another thing is that I thought was interesting about this set of volumes is because it starts with one volume, like, at the very beginning of the volume, and it ends at the very end of the final volume. Like, it exa- it's exactly six volumes long, and that's weird. Like, that doesn't normally happen. 
normally it picks up and ends mid mid volume like so which it's because it, it, I've, I've talked about how i feel like kubo deliberately uh you know writes his manga for the volume release like he's got the poems he writes the chapters so that the the you know they start the the cha- the cover page comes a few pages in and now you have a a whole arc that's exactly six volumes from beginning to end like that's it's so fucking weird um but it's neat and it, it's weird in a good way um so but yeah i don't think I, I i think i've said most of my piece on the arc i thought it was interesting um i guess to rate it i would actually put it like just under soul society i think above the um the the substitute soul reaper arc but uh um, under so, like it was it was definitely good though like that's the thing it's not it's it was well, close. wait a minute you're saying that full bring isn't the worst arc in bleach <laughs> yes and i'm saying that yeah and it's honestly almost as good as soul society and Arankar. so yeah would you rate it under the substitute soul reaper mm, or where would you put it see because i know like, you i think I feel- what is your current rating right i know you have soul society at the top um, but I don't forget where you place the Arankar stuff relative to the I almost, Substitute I almost Soul Reaper. I feel like the Arankar arc, like, if I can figure out what all is going on with it, it I don't know. <laughs> like, I feel like Arankar and Soul Society could flip, maybe. Um, okay. But, like, hmm, I don't, I don't know. Because, like, part of me is thinking, like, even though, like, I, I think that the Fullbring arc is is not bad... Uh, part of me, like I said, like my opinion sort of wraps back around to becoming the norm. That like I might almost say that this was the quote unquote worst or like the least good. But like there's obviously stuff here. There's just like that one. Well, now that I think about it, there's really only the one main moment that doesn't really that didn't really click with me that I felt like had. Yeah. Yes. The Ichigo's low point, like immediately getting you know, undone, which was fair. You know, that's a fair uh, con- concern. So, and especially if it doesn't get the pay, the, the hopeful uh, payoff later, which I'm sure there's someone in the comments laughing about it. Uh, oh, yeah. Well. So like, I, I don't know. I think my opinion might still be up in the air. Like if we get the, you know, everybody, all the, like the human characters get that moment where, you know, the, the trust thing, everybody being on the same page and getting to protect each other if that happens, maybe I'll put this above the substitute soul reap, whatever arc. Um, if if not, this might be at the bottom, maybe. Unless the thousand year blood war is just really bad. <laughs> but like, see that? See, I don't know. I guess uh, I I'm not. not. I'm not really super high on any of the bleach arcs, but I'm also not super low <laughs> on any of them. Like they're in that mid range, so like ranking them is tough. So I think I think my official rankings are just gonna wait until the end of the series because even that's right fair. now I'm not entirely sure where everything stands. Okay, that's fair. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, Fullbring arc, it's good. It's, it's not good. the worst arc in uh, it's not the worst arc in Bleach. Maybe um, it's definitely not bad. Um, so anyway, speaking of finishing Bleach, I guess we should talk about our schedule for the next uh, couple weeks because. Anime Expo is happening. Like, if we didn't change the schedule, uh, the the final arc of Bleach would be exactly on the same week of Anime Expo, and we can't do that um, because we'll be at Anime Expo. So, uh, we're basically, we're going to change our schedule slightly. So, next week, not two weeks from now like normal, but straight up next week, uh, we'll be starting the Thousand Year Blood War arc. We'll be reading the first half, which is chapter... 480 to 571. So, almost 100 chapters. <laughs> 
We're back to this again. <laughs> Almost 100 chapters. Uh, so yeah, we've got a lot of reading ahead of us. But um, then we'll take a week, uh, the normal t- week break. Um, and then uh, then we'll be fin- the, the week right before Anime Expo, we'll be finishing the Thousand Year Blood War um, with chapters 572 to 686. Yeah. And then, then we'll have, then Anime Expo, uh, we're both going. Um, and then a week after, the week after Anime Expo, you will see the first, uh, reading of the first episode of One Piece. And then the week after that, uh, so, so you'll get another episode of One Piece. So, um, we'll be doing a lot of reading and you'll guys have a lot of stuff to listen to, (laughs) but, um, and then after, after that, it'll be back to the normal every other week. Uh, um, it should be. So, yeah. Um, that's our current schedule. Uh, any other closing remarks? Uh, did, uh, mm, I don't have anything. <laughs> Just trying to think of something. Yeah, I can't think of anything else to say either. But um, yeah, uh, so yeah, see you next week. Um, and thank you for listening. <laughs>